Who are you? Why are you here? Does your life have a purpose? Are you just an accident? Are you destined to fail? Is there really more to your existence than just living and dying? Chances are that you have had, do have, or will have these kinds of thoughts or questions run through your mind at some point in your life. Well, there is good news, because according to the Bible, you are indeed extremely special, extremely unique, and wonderfully created by a God who loves you dearly. Now, it's easy to hear this kind of thing and then quickly turn it off. It's easy to say, I want nothing to do with religion. I don't want to know what the Bible says, but there is a purpose behind this message. And it's not to get you to come to a religion. And it's not even to get you to come to church. It is simply to make you aware of what the Bible and more importantly, what the Word of God has to say about you and your existence here on this earth. You see, no matter your skin color, no matter your upbringing, no matter your physical attributes, the God of the Bible, the God of all creation, loves you with an unending love. In the Holy Bible, it says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So, according to the Bible, this is the creation of mankind. The very first human being was formed of the dust of the ground, but here's the thing though, he was lifeless until God breathed into his nostrils and at that point, man became a living soul. That is what you are. You are a living soul. Now, we are also told in the same Bible book, the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, that man was created in the image of God, in the likeness of God. So, what does that mean? Well, we look to another scripture. And we find in the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, and verse 24, Jesus says that God is a spirit. So, we understand from these scriptures alone that God is a life-giving spirit. He is a spirit that breathed life into the nostrils of a man that he created from the dust of the ground. Without the breath of life from God, mankind would be lifeless. Now, when God breathed this life into the first man, that man did not become God. He simply became a living soul who was created to have fellowship with his creator. You are alive today because of God's breath that is in you. Your lungs are breathing air. Your heart is pumping blood. And, and this blood, of course, is running through your veins. Scripture says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. We know life today because of God, the Creator, creating that life in the first place. So God set all of this in motion 
through one man, and that man was Adam. Adam was the first. He was the prototype, if you will. Then from him, God formed a woman, a wonderful gift to man. Someone to be alongside of him, someone to love him, and someone for him to love. They were told by God to be fruitful and multiply. In other words, reproduce. God produced them and gave them the ability to reproduce others. And of course, this is why you and I are alive today. Human beings make more human beings, right? So you are a living soul. And according to Scripture, according to the Bible, you can understand who you really are. You are someone special. You are not an animal, though your schooling may have taught you so. Your life does have meaning, though your thoughts may tell you otherwise. Oh, what you could be missing out on by not understanding the reason you were created. It wasn't your parents that created you. It was ultimately God that set the recipe in motion. God made human life possible. And there is only one you. You have your own unique set of fingerprints, your own DNA. Don't waste your life not understanding or missing out on your purpose. According to the Bible, you have the breath of God in you. The Creator of all things made you, and you are by no means insignificant. Now, of course, if a person walks through this life believing that they have descended from animals, or if we believe that all that is, all of this earth, all of creation, it all just happened as a result of a, a big bang, then we will live out our lives and behave accordingly. We will miss out on the knowledge of who we really are according to the one who created us, our Father God. So, I'm going to quote to you a few more scriptures here. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 24, and going through verse 28, it says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. So what I just read to you, what we see there, is that God made animals and insects, of which you and I are neither. Then that chapter continues and says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God cre created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God 
said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So, according to the Bible, according to Scripture, mankind is above or a greater creation, if you will, than all of the rest of creation. Not one animal, not one insect, not one bird, not one fish, not one ocean, not one mountain. No other thing is created in the image of God. Only you are. So then, we can ask the question, where is God now? If we are so wonderful, which the Bible says that we are, if this is the case, then why do we often feel so alone? Why do we feel unfulfilled and empty? Why has this person or that person treated us so poorly? Why are people so mean to us at times? Or why do we even behave poorly toward others as human beings? The breath of God, your living soul, doesn't teach you to be that way. So then where does all of this kind of junk come from? And where is this God when the earth shakes and quakes, when the wind blows, when disaster strikes and lives are lost, when our loved ones die prematurely, when our heart is broken, when we are depressed and can't take anymore? Where is this God? Did He forget us? His greatest creation? Did He make us and then just leave us here all alone? No, He did not. But according to the Bible, according to Scripture, something did separate us from our Creator. Was this your fault? Was this my fault? No, the Bible doesn't say it's our fault at all, but nonetheless, the truth remains, the fact is, that we were separated from God, our Creator, for some reason. In the Bible, we find what that reason is. You see, the Bible book of Genesis explains that after God made His wonderful creation of man and woman, He also placed them in a very wonderful place. Now, to your mind today, this may seem like a fairy tale because we grow up with so many fairy tales today and so many untruths. Stories and lies are all around us every day. People abandon us, friends turn their backs on us, even church people or religions hurt us. And this results in us feeling so skeptical, so cynical, so untrusting of anything or anyone. But the Bible is not a fairy tale. It is God's word to us so that we may know him and know his purpose for our lives. Yes, many men and many women have distorted the Bible. They've made multiple interpretations of it. But if you go to the Bible yourself and you personally seek God, you will come to know him because that is his desire for you, that you would know him. So again, God made man 
and woman and placed them in a wonderful place called the Garden of Eden. They had all they needed. They were not robots, but rather created in the image of God and and able to, to think on their own, to reason on their own, and to make their own decisions, just as you and me are able to do today. We can choose to believe what God says in His Word, the Bible that is, or we can choose not to. This message is not designed to take away that right from you, for not even God Himself will take away your right to choose. In the Bible, book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verses 15 through 20, God said to the children of Israel, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. So right there, we see that God, the one that created us, gives a choice. He gives us freedom. He does not make us love or obey Him. He goes on to say in in those Bible verses there, In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments, His statutes, and His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. So, Just like what any loving father or loving mother on the earth today would do, God tells us what the best way is. The best way would be to follow what he says, to keep his commandments, to live in the way he wants for us to live. He sets a choice in front of you, and then he says, here's what's best for you. This is what I want for for you, right? And in so doing, he told the children of Israel that they would be blessed if they would listen to what he said and do what he said. But then he went on to say to them, he said, but if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. So there are blessings when you follow in the ways that God has set forth for you in his word. And there are bad consequences when you don't follow in the ways he has set forth in his word. God went on to tell the children of Israel in verse 19 of Deuteronomy 30, that I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. Do you see that? A loving God gives you a choice because love never makes a slave out of you. You, again, are a wonderful creation. You have value. You have worth. 
and your decisions matter greatly to a God that loves you more than anyone else will ever love you. This great love of His toward you does not force you to love Him back. But in all of His great knowledge, He knows that the best life for you is to live for and to obey His wonderful plan for your life. But Adam and Eve, the first human beings, they made a real bad choice. They too, just like you and me, were given a choice by this loving God who created them. They were given instructions straight from God Himself on how to live their lives, just as we have been given instructions in the Bible today. But they bought the lie that they could become like God. They bought the lie that they could run their own lives without depending on God. And many people today have bought that same lie. So Adam and Eve's decisions had consequences as well. And those consequences have been passed down to you and me today. We, along with everyone else, have been born into sin. The moment we entered the world, the moment we took our first breath, we were sinners in need of salvation. But God is not sitting in judgment of you today. You've heard the scripture, right? That says, God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, the very um, next scripture, right after that one, it says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So no one condemns you, not even God himself. And it's important that you understand that. But the fact remains that we are born separated from God because of sin that entered the world through the choice of Adam and Eve, the first man and woman. In the Bible book of Romans chapter 5, which I really encourage you to read today, it says, starting in verse 12, that just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. It says that this sin spread even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. So in other words, you weren't there when Adam and Eve sinned, nor was I. But that sin has been passed on to us. This is a scriptural fact. Again, Adam was the first man. He was the prototype. Eve came from Adam. They both made a choice to disobey God. And this sin had a consequence. Sin and death were now passed on to all human beings. You see, what happened was the prototype went bad. 
and then the prototype reproduced and sin was passed on to all people for all time. But here's the real good news. Another man came along, except that he was more than just a man. Yes, he was a man, but he was God in the flesh. This man is Jesus Christ. According to the Gospel of John chapter 1, God himself became flesh. He became like you and me. He came to the earth to take away our sin. Romans chapter 5 also says, starting in verse 17, that if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one. So I'll pause right there. What that verse is saying, that if by if Adam and Eve's wrongdoing was passed on to everyone else, and it brought sin and death, then it's, it goes on to say, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So now, one man, God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, has come to earth as a gift of God's grace. Because God loves you. And he does not want you to be separated from him. So he sent Jesus, born as a man, came into the world as a baby, just like you and me, grew up and walked upon the earth, just like you and me, was a living soul, just like you and me, suffered with temptation and weakness, just like you and me. And then Romans 5 goes on to say, therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. So there is a free gift that awaits you. It is the gift of salvation. But according to the Bible, you can only receive this free gift by faith. And more specifically, you receive it by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. We're not talking about something you can see or touch. We are talking about faith. The Bible book of Hebrews chapter 11 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. That's how you come to salvation, only by faith in Jesus Christ. But I'd be remiss if I would, if I didn't tell you that receiving this gift also requires that you turn from your sin. It requires that you leave the life behind where you are in control. You instead come to a place where you make a decision to be obedient to God now. Adam and Eve were disobedient. They made a choice that separated all of mankind from an intimate relationship with God, their Creator. Jesus Christ came and took the punishment for sin by dying on the cross. But at this moment, your freedom of choice still remains. What do you do? 
Do you remain in your sin? Separated from a life with God? Sin has caused all of your problems. Sin has caused all the problems of this world. There would have been no earthquakes in the Garden of Eden. No tornadoes, no hurricanes, no death, no disease. God is not the cause of the problems of this life. Sin is. But Jesus is the remedy. And you can, by faith, turn to Him now. Take your eyes off of this world. Take your eyes off of yourself. Read the scripture. You can go to a scripture like Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I would encourage you to go and find that in your Bible. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Right? Die to your your flesh-led life. Make a decision. Make your own choice to trust in the living God. Jesus Christ is calling you by the working of His Holy Spirit to come to Him. When you do, you will find hope, you will find peace, you will find joy. The world around you won't change one tiny bit, but by His Spirit, you will change from the inside out. Scripture says that old things have passed away. When you come to Christ, it says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Something new takes place. You you receive this new life. The old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Again, things don't change on the outside, but you change from the inside out. You see, your value is not found in the things of this world. Your value is found in what Jesus Christ has done to redeem you from this lost and dying world. A new life awaits you, but you must use the freedom of choice that you have, that freedom of choice that your Creator gave to you, and you must come to Jesus by faith. And you must say, I surrender all. I give up my life to you, Lord. You see, according to the Bible, in the book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, speaking of Jesus, it says that there is salvation in, in no other way, in no other name, right? It says that, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So there is no other way. You, you may think, well, if my good outweighs my bad, I end up in heaven. Right? No, there's only one way. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you surrender to Him, He promises to give you life abundantly. Again, we're not talking about things changing on the outside. We're talking about being changed on the inside. But this is a serious decision. It means the end of you. It's the end of you living in your own way. When you come to Christ, you come to Him knowing that you will never look back. You will never go back to the life you once lived without Him. So yes, you can come just as you are. You don't need to wait till you're a better person to come to Jesus Christ because He will make you to be the person that He has designed for you to be, the person that you were created to be. Again, I I am not inviting you to church. 
I am not inviting you to a religion. I am simply sharing with you what I myself came to find out in my own life. And that is, is that Jesus is the answer. It's not a fairy tale. It's not just a story. It's not a religion. He really does love you. You are a living soul created in the image of God. You have tremendous value and tremendous worth to God. He would have not come and died for you if he did not love you so much. You have received this message for a reason. Don't turn away now. Don't harden your heart. It's not about what others have done to you. It's about what Christ has done for you. So then, who are you? You are someone created in the image of God and loved by God. Why are you here? Because God has a plan for your life. He wants to indwell you by His Holy Spirit and be your God. Does your life have a purpose? Yes, it does. You are created to glorify God, and He will work out His purpose for your life within you. Are you just an accident? No. God knew that you would be born. You were planned in the heart of God before you ever took a first breath here on this earth. Are you destined to fail? No. You are destined to win. Destined for victory. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for the remission of your sin. I'm not going to lead you in a prayer because God will accept your prayer of repentance just the way you bring it to Him. You see, it must be from your heart to God. You must come to God by your own choice. Be sincere when you come. He's waiting for you to call on Him. He's waiting for you to surrender. He's waiting for you to willfully decide to turn from your life of sin to turn from that which has separated you from Him and to turn to His remedy for sin, which is Jesus Christ. Do you acknowledge that you are a sinner? Are you willing to turn from your sinful choices? Are you willing to die to yourself and to receive the new life that Christ has promised for those who follow Him? If so, then simply confess this before God in prayer. Then confess it to others around you. Don't be ashamed of your choice to turn to the Lord. Let it be known. And God, your God, your Savior, Jesus Christ, will come in and make his home in your heart. You see, all of this that you have heard is according to the Bible. And I encourage you to go and see all of this for yourself. Go look it all up in the Bible and understand who you really are and what God your Creator has planned for your life. God bless you and thanks for listening.